Dear Mom, Day camp is great. I miss you a lot. By the time you get this letter, Bruce and Will are going to be in Florida. I'm going to be back on Saturday. I hope everything is alright. Tell Ryan I will be back soon. Matt and I are tenting together. Jason and Adam are in the tent next to ours. I am not going to be able to do my life-saving merit badge. Instead, I'm going to do archery and Indian lore. Our tents are the kind I thought it would be. On Sunday, I got stung by four bees. I twisted my ankle. I had someone steal five dollars of my money but i want to come home i don't like it here a lot of bad things have happened to me that is why i want to come home i miss you a lot i cry every night i hate being here i'm going to do my best to stay i need to come home i think i'm coming down with a cold love ferret <laughs> for another All About Nothing podcast coming to you a day early. Thank you so much for joining me. I'll do a little backstory on what it was you just heard. So, I think I've, I think I've talked about this before, but I was a uh, Boy Scout, Boy Scout, Boy Scout for several years. I did Cub Scouts, I did Boy Scouts. And at the age of 12, with, uh, with one of the Boy Scout troops, uh, I had the opportunity to go to summer camp for the first time. And um, I can honestly say that I don't remember it being as bad as what, what was just described. or that. So essentially what that was was a recording of the very first letter that I ever sent home from summer camp. My mother finds it to be one of the most entertaining things that she has ever heard. So I figured I would have my son go ahead and read that. And, uh, entertain her some more. Uh, my sister got a kick out of it. Everyone everyone pretty much got a kick out of it. I, I don't I don't find it to be quite as funny as uh, I guess as everyone else does, but uh, you know, I, I lived it so uh, to me it's not it's not as grand or as hilarious as uh, as other people find. But Nonetheless, I, I decided to go ahead and put it into a digital frame that uh, would now be available for anyone to listen to. In fact, I actually have it. Uh, it's actually on my uh, it's saved in my Web page, um, but I don't have a link out there to it because, frankly, I, I'm not prepared for the uh, backlash that will probably come from sharing that out to an infinite number of people. So for for now, it's it's there. It's at the beginning of this particular podcast this week. Uh, today is uh, October the tenth, two thousand seventeen. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and record a podcast tonight because uh, probably won't get an opportunity to do it tomorrow um, as the South Carolina State Fair is in town, and uh, we're taking the whole family to the uh, the fair tomorrow. So uh, this will really be the first opportunity. Uh, for uh, my some of my children, my girls, my twin girls, to uh, actually uh, be able to 
um, get on rides and ride this time. Um, and, and by rides, I mean the actual rides, not the stroller that we've always had to push them around in. So hopefully uh, that will um, that will go well tomorrow. Um, I'll be honest, I, I don't actually plan on buying many tickets because I still have tickets from last year. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm praying... I'm praying that I get to use those because tickets are expensive. Um, and this isn't this isn't to say anything has changed. The South Carolina State Fair is 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 definitely one of those things where um, the price has been going up. I mean, steadily. It has it has been going up steadily for years. And um, one day ride pass now is uh, twenty five dollars to be able to ride. Um, all the rides that you want to. So, but I'm not a, I'm not much of a rider. I don't, I don't do the rides much anymore because, um, if I eat at the state fair, then, um, chances are I'm probably not going to want to ride any rides. Um, I think, uh, when I first moved here to South Carolina, uh, one of the very first things that, uh, that I did, um, in October was, uh, the girl that I was seeing when I moved here, uh, her name was Shannon. Um, she took me to the fair, and um, that was our second date um, and our last date because uh, we went on one of these rides, and it did this thing that it went up, and it spun around, and then it stopped, and there was a lot of jerking, and and, and I'll be honest, I got off the ride, and I, I puked. I threw up into a trash can. Um, she acted like she felt bad for me, but that was, that was the, it. that was it. Um, we, we didn't see each other again after that, which I, I fully, fully completely understand. I don't blame her. Um, no woman should ever see the guy that she's there on a date with throwing up into a trash can. And I, and here's the funny thing. I feel like that trash can was not just my throw up trash can because what it smelled like was definitely other people had thrown up into it. So I assume that that ride had caused many couples uh, to have their last date. Um, lots to talk about uh, this week, but I'm going to try and single it down into just a couple topics because, frankly, I, I only want to really do a half hour, and if I get way off topic, then chances are this will just keep going and going, and, and by the end of it, one of us is going to be annoyed, um, either me or you all. So um, this, uh, this, this weekend... Um, one of the things that um, sort of set me off and really irritated me, um, Vice President was invited to the Indianapolis Colts versus the 49ers game and, uh, in Indianapolis. And um, <clears throat> he knew that uh, players, there were going to be some players on the field that protested during the national anthem. And um, apparently this set him off. Um, initially, that's what was believed was that he was, I guess, annoyed by the players. And so as soon as the, uh, as soon as the national anthem was finished and they approached to start uh, the kickoff, uh, he left. And um, at, at first it was, I mean, everyone knew what had happened. Um, but then it later turned out that he tweeted saying that basically he was in support of the president. The president said that if anybody took a knee during the national anthem that, that he was to leave the game. And that's what he did. Now, I'm curious um, how much money it cost to fly the vice president from Washington, D.C. to Indianapolis to have a security detail, you know, because you have to have uh, the Secret Service do forward um, uh, checks 
to make sure that everything is safe for the vice president to go. And then you have to have secret secret security there working with local law enforcement to make sure that it's safe during his visit. Um, and, and, and for all of that to take place, for him to do his visit, and then for him just to leave as soon as the game started because he was on order from the president to leave if any of the players took a knee. Um, I, I'm curious as to how much wasted money was involved in his visit to this game and then to to leave. Um, because that's the type of thing I feel like should be protested um, when it comes to this president, this vice president. Because, you know, Donald Trump ran on one of his slogans was drain the swamp. And he clearly has people in his administration that are are swamp monsters because they have no problem spending money. Um, they have no problem spending taxpayer money. They, they, they seem to do it without without any sort of scruples or qualms about it. I mean, they, they, they have absolutely no problem. He's got guys taking private chartered jets. Um, the, the Secretary of Homeland, uh, Health and Human Services uh, price now you know he was forced out he he was forced to resign or he was fired or he quit whatever what, whatever the administration wants to tell us um, he did it is no longer with the administration um, after spending I think they said somewhere around a million dollars um, in private travel um, using federal money so I <laughs> when I hear that you know, when I'm reminded over and over that the president is there to drain the swamp and, and whatnot, was the intention to bring in a lot of these swamp monsters and then to make an example of them and then fire them? Or, 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 or was he actually talking about the established politicians that are there? Because the established politicians don't seem to have any problem with staying. Uh, they're not the ones that are gone. It's It's the people that are in the cabinet that seemed to not be sticking around. So I'm, I'm, I'm confused, and, and I say that completely sarcastically. By the way, October, huh? October is National uh, Sarcasm Month. How great is that? Who knew that there was a National Sarcasm Month? I didn't know this until now. And you know what's great is by my inflection, you don't know if I'm being sarcastic or not. So, great. Anyhow. So yeah, so I, I, I guess I, I don't understand how, I think one of the great things that confuses me about this current administration is the hypocrisy of some of the things that are said and how they look to what I assume would be an intelligent population and how the administration, mostly through the press secretary, uh, Sarah Sanders, how they they manipulate the truth into however they can to make it benefit them because you know so this weekend bob corker uh senator and the president seemed to go back and forth now the, the senator bob corker has announced that he will not be seeking uh um uh, re re-election so this will be his last term in office um i believe he's his his seat is up next year um so the president immediately started tweeting out that, you know, that Bob Corker came and asked him personally to endorse his campaign. The president said no. And that 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 was what made Corker decide he was not going to run again. And <laughs> Corker's office, uh, Senate office, came out immediately, not immediately, 
but within a day or so, I guess a few hours, uh, came out and said that no, that they had not asked the president for an endorsement. And then um, basically made a, a, a sort of uh, metaphor saying that the, the White House was like a daycare that maybe wasn't getting enough attention uh, from the administration or the people running the daycare. Um, and, and then uh, Corker's office actually came out and said that the president, um, the president made a call or the president's office made a call to Corker's office uh, asking that he uh, change his mind, that, that, he, that he backpedal and, and say that, yes, that he would seek reelection. Um, I was watching the White House press briefing uh, earlier today, and they asked her the que- they asked Sarah Sanders the question, and and she came back or she said you know, they asked I'm sorry they asked you know uh, is the president being honest about what he said, which was that they came and asked him for an endorsement, and that the that uh, the president denied him that endorsement, and Sarah Huckabee Sanders said. Uh, yes, that was as much as she answered and then moved on to the next question, which I, I am not I, I am not one of those people that um, that has, a, you know, like a finger on the pulse. So I can't tell that she's lying or whether she even knows the answer. But I am observant of human behavior. And when you answer a question and move on as quickly as she did today, actually, the way she did most of the answers for almost all of the questions that were asked there is a level of insecurity in the way that she answers questions now. And it's mostly in her face and in her eyes. And, and look, I, I, I'm, I, I don't want to brag. I'm, I'm a fairly good poker player. Um, I, 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 can, I can pick up on people's tells and I can, I can read people's faces and I can, I can tell when they're – my son, I can tell when he's lying to me just by the face he's making. Um, you know, so – I, 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 you know, I, I've not seen anything about Sarah Huckabee Sanders or how they um, they watch, you know, if there are any experts that are doing any sort of watching of her um, and doing an analysis of her ability to tell the truth and things like that. But how quickly she moves on from a question or how quickly she gets angry about some of these questions, you can tell that that there is a level of insecurity and usually when there's a when there's a level of insecurity it generally means that there is uh, dishonesty in the answer and it is it's uncomfortable to watch because I, I can tell what's going on and I, I feel certain that almost every one of those reporters in the room can probably tell what's going on as well but one of the one of the tricks that this administration learns uh, has learned and 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 how she handles the press is that if she answers a question that she didn't want to answer and she gives them an answer that definitely requires a follow up, she just moves on to the next reporter and she always uses the excuse that we're, we're con- we have a time constraint where we have to move on. We, we have to go quickly. The hypocrisy of the whole thing is the fact that this would not fly under other administrations, but the press in, in the press corps at the White House has been so whipped into place uh, by Sean Spicer and now Sarah Huckabee Sanders, it is it is it is nearly impossible for them to be able to push back without the 
without the, the, the cupcakes or the snowflakes at the White House basically screaming, you know, you guys are always after us. You're always just looking for a story. You're looking to try and pin us on one of these stories. And, and, and now they seem to have made this decision that regardless of the truth, they're not going to participate in it anymore. So what we have are half answers. And most of the time, those half answers aren't even truths. And, and if you have any, any ability to read people, you can tell they're not telling the truth. Um, another one of the things last week that, that was incredibly uncomfortable and, and some, some of you may have watched it and, and, um, I'd play a clip of it for you, but, uh, I don't, I don't have it in front of me, but so last week the president had several of the armed forces people, um, whether they were generals or whatnot. Um, I did not recognize any of the people that were standing with him, but during a photo op with the press, um, the president said, um, something to the effect of, you know, hey, look here, what's going on? Um, this might be the calm before the storm. And when one of the press asked, said, said, what storm, Mr. President? And he said, the calm before the storm. And, you know, what's funny is even I can't even like I, I don't want to do an impression of the president because I hear so many people do an impression and it, it it's their impressions are better than mine could possibly be. But I feel like whenever I do anything or whenever I repeat anything, the president says, I always do the hand gestures. I mean, even right now I'm doing the hand gestures. It's, I, I don't know why I just, I, you see him do it and now I'm doing it and, and I can't stop anyway. So, uh, so, but what he said was, is that, you know, this may, this is the calm before the storm. I gotta be honest, Mr. President, this is the storm. And then literally we are still cleaning up from the past three storms. Why would you choose at that time to be so insensitive to act as though using the storm or, or the words the calm before the storm, what storm, what, what's coming? You know, we know that he's going to make a decision about Iran this week and I'll get into that in a second, but you know, are we talking about North Korea? Are we talking about Iran? Are we talking about NAFTA? What 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 is it exactly that that is the call? What what is the storm that's coming? And when he ends it, all he says is, "You'll find out." Why do we need a cliffhanger right there? I, for the life of me, I don't understand. It's not he's not he is not a television president. He is not a, a late night TV host. He's, he's not trying to. Th there's no reason for the president to think that if he gives us cliffhangers that we'll tune in next week. We're always tuned in. We have no choice now. I mean, I, I think that regardless of whether you voted for him or you didn't, we're all we're all pretty much invested in this as Americans because it could go very, very badly and, and, and if it goes badly, it's, it's because of him. So to, to leave it with a cliffhanger is just insane. I, I don't understand what it is that he's trying to do with, by saying things like that. I, I mean, it's not, it can't, I, I want to believe it's not for ratings, but I, I feel like he thinks that every time he's on television, he's drawing more, more ratings, that, that he's, he's driving up his viewership. And, and that's not the way the presidency works. The presidency has, has while, while we recognize that there is a sense of popularity behind being president, that should not be what drives your policy. That should not be what, what makes your presidency is your popularity. 
it, you should be a popular president because you're working hard to do the right things to pro- make the the country progress and 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 it seems like he's more concerned about the popularity of being president regardless of what his administration's doing it's really uncomfortable um mention the iran deal coming up um, and, and this is something that I, 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 I recognize the reason behind it. And, and all it is is just because President Obama was able to get a nuclear disarmament agreement with Iran. Granted, it cost us billions of dollars, but we've already paid it. So Iran was given a sum of money to stop their nuclear um, desires to, to stop them from wanting or not stop them from wanting, but to stop them from creating a nuclear weapon, um, to stop them from continuing researching. And every 90 days, uh, our Congress revisits that particular treaty and, and, and goes over, um, what Iran is doing to stay in bounds and what we are doing to try and make sure we keep them in bounds. Um, Here's the thing. So the president is going to make a decision this week, and it may still be this week, um, but he's making he's going to make a decision on whether or not we are going to stay in this Iran deal. The problem that I have with that is that if you go and you look it up, we've already paid. Okay, there is nothing else for us to do inside of this deal except basically just administer it and watch it and make sure that Iran continues to not. Uh, research developing nuclear arms and that that you know that it's just basically keeping them in check at this point and and so far they've stayed they've stayed in bounds they have not they have not maneuvered out they have not given us any reason to think that they are not doing as they said they would on their end but the president's going to make a decision on whether or not he wants to back out and if we back out one the money's already gone. But secondly, if we back out, that basically is telling Iran, hey, free game. Go ahead. Not only did we give you money, but uh, you can go ahead and continue to research it. Hey, why don't you go ahead and use the money we gave you to research building nuclear arms? In fact, you know what you could do is take that money and purchase nuclear arms from a rogue state, like, say, a North Korea, maybe. The, the whole idea is just asinine why would we walk away from the treaty that our end of it's already been taken care of and iran is fulfilling their end it doesn't make sense except if you look at it as this is something obama did trump just wants to back out because it's it was an obama uh um it it was something that obama completed it was it was it was something credited to obama so screw it let's let's just back out I mean, you can look at the Paris Accord. You can say, why would we back out of the Paris Accord? It literally, it, it was completely optional. And, and, and it was, even if, he claimed that it was bad for business. He claimed that it was bad for jobs in the United States. That is asinine. Whose jobs is it, is it harming to be a part of a, the Paris Treaty Accord or the Paris Accord? I mean, it literally hurt no one. We were under no obligations to do anything except that we said, yes, we would on our side or on our country, on this land, we would look at some way of attempting to um, bring down the amount of CO emissions. We would try and work with the rest of the world to try and come up with a way to 
um, decrease our emissions so that possibly, possibly we could stop the temperature from continuing to rise. And the president announced that we we're going to back out of it. Literally, there's no, there was nothing holding us to anything. We had not signed an agreement saying that we were going to fire everybody that, that burned coal or, you know, we weren't, we, there, there was nothing like that. It was, it was completely optional. And yet this president, because Obama signed it, wants to take it out. It's ridiculous. You know what they need to do is they need to tell Trump and convince him that President Obama was the one that created the Second Amendment. Because I can guarantee you within 24 to 48 hours, President Trump would be signing an executive order on uh, some sort of a, a weapons ban or, or a mandatory background check. I can promise you that if, if he were to really think that Obama had something to do with creation of the Second Amendment, that Trump would Trump would be all over that. He would be all over that. He would he would be fighting to to end the the Second Amendment. I can guarantee it. If Trump thought that Obama had anything to do with slavery, that Trump would be renouncing slavery. If Trump thought that Obama was a white supremacist, I can guarantee you that Trump would come out tomorrow with 930 tweets saying that that white supremacists are bad and that Nazis need to need to get out of our country. You know, I, I if 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 he was to come out and say that Obama wanted to get rid of the Affordable Care Act, President Trump would be all in favor. If Obama hated Medicare, if Obama hated Medicare and hated the idea of a single payer system for the entire country, Trump would sign an executive order removing the mandate that you'd be 65 years old in order to receive Medicare. And we would have a single payer system. I I fully believe if we could convince Trump of these non, untruths that that we could have all of these things that would improve our country. I, I honestly believe it because I feel like Trump is a schmuck. I feel like he is exactly what they say Rex Tillerson said he is. Trump is a fucking moron. I I, I absolutely believe it because. That is the only thing that seems to drive him right now is this idea that I can overturn everything that Obama did, regardless of how badly it screws over my base. If I overturn what Trump, uh, what, what Obama did during his presidency, it will fire up my base, which, by the way, uh, Trump's base is only about 7% of the country. Trump's base, literally, the people that support Trump unequivocally don't care what it is that he does what it is that he does during his administration they support him absolutely without question makes up only about seven percent of the country seven percent how did this man get elected oh, i know how he got elected because the schmuck on the other side was hillary clinton but trump literally could set his hair on fire and his base would all set their hair on fire if he came out and he said, let's do it, they'd all do it. I, I, I have no doubt that that would be the case. Regardless, here we are. Trump is our president. So before we, before we wrap it up, and, and I, I did not get to everything that I wanted to get to because, you know, me. Um, I did want to go over a few things that Trump did promise during his presidency that has not yet come to fruition or has completely stalled out or there is literally no plan for it whatsoever. Um, so uh, one of the promises that he made during his campaign was that he was going to move the U.S. Embassy in Tel Aviv to Jerusalem. 
I'll be honest with you. I don't know why they're both in Israel. I, I don't. I, I don't see the point. Why? Why do we need to move the American embassy to Jerusalem? He says it's because he wants to move the embassy to the eternal capital of the Jewish people. For the life of me, it, it does not make sense. I don't know what it would be for. But um, according uh, as of October 9th yesterday, um, that is still stalled. Um, there is no plans uh, right now. Or there's no there's no signaling by the Trump campaign or the Trump administration that they are moving forward with this. Um, another one was that they wanted to cut taxes for everyone. Um, one of the complaints I keep hearing about is that the United States is the highest taxed, according to Trump. What he says is, is the United States is the highest taxed uh, country on the planet. Um, that isn't true. It's not even remotely true. Um, what his administration says, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, through the press corps or to the press corps, is that when he says that, he actually means that the United States uh, has the highest corporate taxes on the planet, and that is true. That the United States does have the highest corporate taxes on the planet. Um, the problem with his statement is that for his base, who seem to be the seven percent of the dumb, um, they believe regardless of whether corporate or people that that we are all the highest taxed people on the planet and it's it's just not true so in the in the press briefings they ask these questions to try and say hey you know can we get clarification and so what sarah huckabee Stan sanders does is she stands up there and she says yeah obviously when the president says we're the highest taxed uh, country in the planet he means the highest corporate taxed country on the planet and I'm going to be honest, why do I care what the corporations are being taxed at? Why, I mean, as far as, you know, them being taxed too high, why would I care about that? I'm not a corporation and corporation aren't people. So why is it relevant? Essentially, I think what it was is the president said we're the highest taxed country or people on the planet. And it was a mistake and a lie. He gets caught in it. So they backfill and they they throw out basically just information on top of it and say well obviously that's what he meant no he didn't he didn't mean that he he meant exactly what he said which was that the united states is the most taxed country on the planet and he wanted the citizens the he wanted his base and he wanted anybody else that might vote for him to think that he cares about how much they're being taxed and he doesn't come on let's let's be honest he does not care how much you and me and Joe Blow and Stephanie Miller and Tanya Harding, he does not care how much these people are being taxed. He is care. All he cares about is how much the, uh, the corporations are being taxed. That's what he wants to reduce as corporate taxes. So anyone that, that has this idea that, that, that's, that, that he's looking out for them, you, you're, you wake up, get woke, something. Um, uh, one of the, uh, one, uh, I guess another one of his campaign promises was that he was, of course, going to repeal Obamacare. And obviously that has stalled out. There's, there's, and, and I'll explain, I'll explain my theory on why. And, and, and even though they keep bringing it up for a vote, I fully believe that the Senate does not believe, the Senate has absolutely no interest in repealing Obamacare. These senators ran on a campaign promise, Republicans, saying that they would repeal Obamacare. And they only say it because that's what their base wants to hear. 
they first and, and first of all, they're idiots because I guarantee you most of their base has in some form, not most of them, but a lot of them have the Affordable Care Act. And, and for them to want to remove their own insurance is just asinine. Absolutely asinine. So, okay, so my theory is is that the Senate knows that a lot of their supporters have the Affordable Care Act. They don't want to take away medical coverage from them. They don't actually want to take away uh, Medicare from the states. They don't want to reduce the amount of spending on Medicare and Medicaid and the Affordable Care Act because they know it is legitimately taking care of people. And as long as insurance companies are being held in check, it works. Sort of. I, I don't like the mandates. I don't like the mandate that you have to have insurance. I don't like the mandate that 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 apparently now, uh, you know, I, I feel like companies of certain sizes, smaller really, um, have the right to work with insurance companies. So if you have insurance and, and, and the Affordable Care Act doesn't really fit for you, then then you get ins- you can still have your regular insurance that you're, you know, paid through by your company. But it, it, it's frustrating that the Senate and the president keep pushing this idea that they're going to repeal the Affordable Care Act. And, and I, I, I don't believe that any of them actually has the intention of doing that because it will harm people that vote for them. You know, it, it's I, I saw an interview where a guy was being asked about the Affordable Care Act, but he was being asked it in the way of Obamacare. So he's being asked about Obamacare and he's saying, no, we need to get rid of this Obamacare. And he said he says, but, you know, he says, well, how, what sort of insurance do you have? And he looked right him dead in the eye and said, well, I got the Affordable Care Act. I've had it since it came out back in 2012. And the reporter looked at him and he said, you, the Affordable Care Act. He said, he said, yeah, he goes, is that different from Obamacare? He goes, yep, I, we don't need that Obamacare. We do not need Obamacare. Obamacare is driving this country into the dirt. And I mean, at that point, what do you do? If, if I was if I was a reporter and I asked that question and that was the answer I got, I, I would I don't know that I could look at the guy with a straight face and be like, oh, OK, well, you know, moving on. It just I, I there's so much misinformation and, 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 and people don't recognize, you know, so much of what is actually involved in in their daily lives that they're missing the, the, the fact that they have the Affordable Care Act, that they're being taken care of by the Affordable Care Act. And yet, you know, this the, it's it is just it is amazing to me that that people are too dumb to vote. I, I feel like some people are just too dumb to vote and, and they, sh- they, they there should be a test. Um, it, it's it's just unbelievable. Um Another uh, another one was uh, President Obama. President Obama. I apologize. President Trump uh, made a campaign promise saying that he was going to place a life a lifetime ban on uh, foreign lobbyists raising money for American elections. Um, this is kind of like one of those gotchas because um, we already if if you believe anything that's been reported so far about Russia and and, and such. Clearly, Russia had some sort of involvement in our election. Now, whether their intent was to get Trump elected or their intent was to get um, uh, Hillary Clinton elected, um, whatever it was, you know, I, I don't know if it was one or the other. I definitely believe like their intent was to um, create havoc 
and it appears that that's what it's done. So mission accomplished, Russia. Um, but there, there's not been any action uh, uh, from Donald Trump's promise to regulate any foreign foreign lobbying uh, in the elections. Um, I mean, literally none. Um, there was also a campaign promise that uh, we were going to build a safe zone for the Syrian refugees. Essentially, uh, there would be a, a an area that would uh, they would take big pieces of land in Syria and have plenty of land. Um, they'd build zones where these people could live. Um, he said he said he has a heart that he cares about people, and that he wants to make sure that these Syrian people are safe. Well, um, there is absolutely no indication that he is trying to do uh, any of that. Um, uh, another thing he wanted to do was change the vaccination schedule for children. He says uh, he's totally in favor of vaccinations, but that uh, he wants smaller doses over longer periods of time. And uh, when when Price was still in the uh, Home uh, Health and Human Services uh, secretary, um, there was no plan for that. I mean, literally none. Um, and honestly, I, I, I don't know what they would change because... Um, I, I mean, even with my kids, I feel like there's a schedule. I mean, I know when they go in for their six, you know, their their 36 month um, checkup that they're going to have certain vaccinations they're going to get. So I, I don't get it. Um, <laughs> I'm just going to do this last one. So one of the campaign promises, and this is going to be, again, the last one, um, was that uh, Trump was going to make sure that they closed part of the Internet where I. And um, <laughs> sorry, ISIS would not be able to use the Internet. Um, that was a campaign promise, he said. Uh, but apparently in wake of the London attack, uh, Trump has doubled down on this promise. Um, and yet we still have nothing actually done uh, to make it impossible for ISIS to use the Internet. I don't know how he would do that. I guess you could you could have the military install inhibitors. Um you could find every hard line that, that comes into anywhere that ISIS is, maybe. I, I don't know. It, it, it just seems like nonsense to me, but uh, I don't know. But, okay, so like I said, I, I, I said I was going to do a half hour, and, and I'm already over that. So I'm just going to go ahead and, uh, and say, basically, if you voted for Trump, he made a lot of promises. And some of those promises may have been why you voted for him. Um, but there's not been anything done. You're continuing to support a president who essentially lied to you. And, and and it's not because he's not being allowed to do these things. It is because he made campaign promises for things. Look, when I was in elementary school and, and, and people would run for class president or when I was in high school, I can always remember every single year there was always somebody who promised to have some sort of sweetened concoction drink come out of the water fountains. And it was the most absurd thing. And we all knew it was absurd. And I feel like Trump supporters probably knew that a lot of his campaign promises were absurd. And yet they were like, nope, he's still the guy for us. He's lying through his teeth right to us. But we're still going to go with it. So I, I, I feel like there needs to be some sort of check. And it's it's going to fall on the people to recognize you dumb. I mean, I, I've got nothing else. I don't I don't know I don't know how to convey it in any other way except foolish we're we're foolish if we think that he's gonna he's gonna do any of these campaign problems the wall is not gonna get built I, I don't care how many times he stands up there and he says that he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna put government in check and that that we are going to he will not sign 
uh, a bill on the debt ceiling if his wall is not included. And then he stands up there and says, we actually have the wall being built in, in a couple, three, four different locations that uh, these test walls, I, I don't know where they're up. I don't know where they're going. I don't know where they're being built. So why should I put my faith in the president saying that he's doing these things or that these things are happening uh, without any proof? I mean, you know, I, I don't trust any politicians, to be completely honest with you. I, 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 have, it, I, I have a hard time trusting any politicians, but I, I especially have a hard time trusting the president when he says that he's doing these things or these things are happening when we all know that they're not. We can't believe that they are. They're not. They, they're not. Anyway. All right. Going to go ahead and call it there. Uh, it is, uh, as always, you can follow me on Twitter, at Barrett Gruber. Um, we will come back again next week. Uh, I will do another show, and uh, we'll catch you up on some of the events and my opinions on some of the events, and uh, we'll do it all right here. Thank you very much for listening. See you later. The All About Nothing podcast is a member of the GOT Podcast Network.